Hello, Pokemon fans! What a week, what a week. There's so much to talk about, like, um, Sun and Moon! Who started playing? I am I am in love with this game. I have been grinning like an idiot. Like, there's just so much charm and delight in this region. I've already met the power of science guy. I chose my Pokemon. I caught, like, eight. I, I've decided that for this game, when I beat the Pokemon League for the first time, it's going to be with a team of all Magikarp. I, I've regaled you before about my Pokemon Crystal Elite Four challenge, where I beat them with six Magikarp, and it was awesome. And I still tell anyone who will listen about my Magikarp once took down a Zoroark thanks to Bounce and its chance to paralyze. Um, this time, I'm not going to take on the Elite Four until I have six Magikarp that are ready to win. I don't know how you'd set up a Let's Play or anything, but I do plan to at least like narrate or live tweet or something when that day goes down. It might take me a while. These fish are hard to train, but yes, I'm gonna do it. Hashtag Magikarp Trainers Anonymous. Um, but what is everybody's favorite part of Sun and Moon so far, uh, without spoilers? <laughs> I love the music. Like, the second the chanting started, I was like, yes, I'm on board, take me on the roller coaster. Um, and the theme that played uh, when you first go to the ruins, it's very beautiful. I also like our mom. She's awesome. I'm still waiting to see if she'll ever unpack our house, but she's just, she seems super fun-loving. And the professor. Dude, is someone trying to take away Sycamore's title as Professor Fanservice? I mean, Professor Sycamore wore a shirt. Forget, or or forget rivaling him. This guy might take down Ivy. But yeah, hot professors, the tradition continues. Uh, he looks like a fun-loving guy, though. I can't wait to meet him in the anime. So much of this for the anime could be interesting, like the variant Pokemon, sure, but the island challenges, that's like similar to Orange Islands, and if the anime follows, we'll have another shake-up like that region or Battle Frontier. I mean, I guess we were kind of due for one. And the Rotom Pokedex. I've only had it for five seconds, but already I think it's the best thing ever. I hope Ashes talks back to him like Dexter times 11. He's just got a snarky, sarcastic Pokedex like, tell you about the Pokemon? No, I don't think I will. <laughs> so, sun and moon. Lots to talk about there. Um, in the anime news, um, I'm not always super up on networks and stuff because the focus of this show is more on the content within the episode, but... Steven from PokePress and I were talking last night, and he told me that Pokemon is moving to Disney XD, or it has moved, um, in the U.S. airings at least. I don't have any profound thoughts on that, but it is kind of interesting. Um, Cartoon Network had a hold on it for a while there. 
I don't know if this is Cartoon Network redefining their brand a little, like wanting more shows they own or, you know, Disney cut a deal so that they could revitalize XD. But it does interest me because, unfortunately, Disney XD has kind of a sad reputation in fandom, like that it th- like that it doesn't have a great viewer base sort of thing. And they kind of tried to revamp it a little bit with Star Wars Rebels, um, and I hear that's helped a bit. I um, mean, they've had some Marvel animated shows, and I think Girl Meets World is on XD too. Um, but the word around the fandom is, is still, like, the cultural narrative is still that if it's on XD, nobody's going to see it. So this will be interesting to see if it's Pokemon that benefits Disney or if Disney's numbers have been on the rise despite what people think and it's them that benefit Pokemon. Because Stephen was saying it had a bad time slot on Cartoon Network there for a while. So if you watch the English version, this might be an interesting thing to keep your eye on. I mean, for me, I only check in with the English dub from time to time. Like, my first watch is almost always in Japanese these days. But I want the show to do well in English, too. So I hope this change ends up being a positive one. And I have to tune in for the English dub for the first couple episodes, at least. I mean, I have to see what the voices are all like for the new characters. Like, even if I have my preferred watching experience... There's still some great actors in the English dub, and and one day I will finally get over myself and start seeing uh, Sarah Nakcheni as Ash, or at least finally come on board with her interpretation of Ash, and and that will never happen if I don't check in from time to time. Besides, Gary's voice actor never changed, and I am still holding out hope that he's coming back to the anime, so I really want to see Gary chillin' and not Hawaii. I mean, he's got the Hawaiian shirts in his closet. We've documented this. The boy owns a pair of flip-flops. He fits the dress code. Here is hoping. Um, But let's see what else happened this week. Um, If you've been following me on Twitter, uh, you might have seen me have a small meltdown because my hosting site, Podbean, managed to lose all my episodes. Uh, Yeah, I found out while getting them to look into one or two that didn't redirect properly, and then suddenly, no more podcasts. (laughs) And then I had to go to work while they figured it out, which is like an internet dead zone for me most of the time. So I I was in a cold sweat the whole day while Podbean figures it out, and and despite whatever whatever they did, whatever efforts they took, it's all gone for good. Like, I'm already an anxious and neurotic person at rest. Like, throw this at me, my brain just kind of short-circuited. So, if you've been, like, trying to listen to old episodes and you couldn't, that's why. Um, But all hail one of our newest listeners, uh, Satoshi's Pikachu. They just started listening and, like, their iTunes or whatever downloaded almost all the episodes. Um, And then I have a chunk of them on a hard drive. So we should be able to piece the show back together before too long. That said, we are still missing, for sure, episode 3. I think we might be missing episode 15 and the movie, too. So embarrassing as it is to ask, um, if anyone happens to have those files floating around on a hard drive somewhere, would you mind shooting an email to pcappypodcast at gmail.com? If we're only three short, that's not too bad, but you know... How many times in my life am I going to have to record episode three? (laughs) Better see if we can't get everything back first. So fear not, the show will be back online in its entirety. 
Um, and I will learn from this experience and keep a separate hard drive for all my old files. But it might take a little bit of time to get everything back. Like, at least we've got most of the files somewhere between all of us. I was hosting two other podcasts with a friend of mine, and, and we were dead for a while while she had a baby, and, and now I think those episodes are just gone. I have a few saved, but mostly wiped out those two shows. And my storytelling podcast, like, thank goodness I was cross-posting to Patreon. So, Thanksgiving miracles. I'm grateful it didn't end up as bad as it could have been, but still, this is quite unfortunate and a huge inconvenience to set up and redirect all those links again. Like, we we may be moving to Lisbon next year. It's It's not the first time Podbean has lost a file on me for sure. It's just, they never before on such a grand scale. I was not expecting to end the original series here by just decimating it. Um, but anyway, here at Peak Happy Podcast, we're still going despite all odds. This is your Pokemon anime podcast going through every episode of the anime one at a time. And yeah, if one episode is lost, we will leave the 90 and 9 to go find it. And what rejoicing there shall be in my house if you bring even one episode unto me. Um, today, the Silver Conference of the Johto League begins, as well as our game of Fantasy Pokemon League. Um, Team Evan, Team Logan, buckle up, I've got a scorecard here, and I will announce your points at the end of the show. As I explained on a previous episode, the basic rules are um, Evan and Logan both drafted uh, teams of characters, um, attacks, and events for their fantasy team. And they'll get a point every time in the episode that, say, one of their characters fights a battle, one of their characters saves somebody, one of their characters, you know, falls in love, or, you know, if the attack they drafted is used, or the event they drafted occurs. Um, there's also some random points. These are some events I chose, um, and when they happen, I'll flip a coin, Evan is heads, Logan is tails, whoever gets it gets an extra point. Evan and Logan have both drafted their teams, and the only real rule we had was that Ash and Pikachu couldn't be on the same team. If we had more players, like, I did have this big, like, drafting system set up in my head, but, you know, seeing as there's only two, I basically said, go ahead, pick whatever you want. Um, so the teams we have, um, and this is all on the Facebook, um, Evan's team is Harrison, Harrison's Blaziken, Harrison's Houndoom, Harrison's Kecleon, Blazekick, and the Team Rocket motto. So Evan might be cleaning up the last couple of episodes, um, but Logan made some good choices too. He went with Ash, Ash's Charizard, Gary, Ash's Snorlax, Dragon Rage, and Handshakes and High Fives. So those are their two teams, and I'm sure they'll be watching the episode with rapt attention. Um, and the random events I, that I'll be flipping coins for are a Pokemon evolves mid-match, two, Ash turns his hat backwards, three, somebody kisses a Pokeball, four, Wobbuffet pops out of a Pokeball, five, Mr. Goodshow appears in an episode, or six, a character appears wearing a cape. There's also a bonus point, uh, no flipping coins, but if any of the characters you drafted appear in a scene with a Magikarp, if your character and a Magikarp are seen sharing the screenshot, you get a point. 
Now, obviously, I will be watching as closely as I can, but it's possible that I might miss things or misread things. So, so Evan, Logan, at the end of the episode, I will tell you all your points and what you got them for. But if you're keeping score at home and you think I, I miscalled something, get on the Facebook or email me at pcappypodcast at gmail.com and let me know. If it's something I missed, I can look at it again and see if you get the point you deserve. If there's a point of contention, we can go to Bulbapedia for the final source. And if that fails to clear it up, then I will make a judgment call. It's my tournament. My word is law. So I guess that takes care of our rules. Um, and of course, Peacappy Podcast is brought to you by Poke Press, um, who just finished an episode with me covering the movie three ending themes. Um, in English and Japanese, comparing, contrasting, and of course, going deeper into alternative versions and other tracks on the soundtracks. Uh, the Pokemon 3 soundtrack was kind of a unique situation, um, and we talk about that. Um, Poke Press has also been busy talking about the XYZ character uh, song album, some unboxing, the TCG Evolutions pre-release, um, and I know Steven's planning a lot of new stuff coming up, like uh, for the newest uh, movie DVD release and the Pokemon Christmas Bash, because tis that season again. Um, so you definitely want to keep an eye on his socials. He's got a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Um, the TCG pre-release episode is really interesting. Uh, Steven chats with a fan who actually came down from Winnipeg to Madison, Wisconsin, like crossed the border uh, for the pre-release event. And that seems like a long drive, but hey, when you want to be there, you will travel across the land, searching far and wide. And it's cool to hear the perspective of an older fan who's getting back into the card game, like maybe not having been able to go super into the TCG as a kid. Um, I'll have a link to that video on my blog page, um, as well as to the main blog, pokepress.blogspot.com. Um, Pokepress is also where you can hear those special music episodes that we've been doing if you missed them. Um, they're a timed exclusive on my Patreon page. The whole conversation is on patreon.com slash professional dork for about a month, and, and then Steven runs with them on his YouTube. So if you're, like, super bummed out because you really wanted to hear those discussions but you just couldn't scrape the cash together after buying eggs in Pokemon Go, I know our Movie 1 discussion is up on PokePress now, and it's getting to be about the time for Movie 2 to run out its VIP treatment with me, so you can give those vids a watch. Go check them out right after we kick off the Pokemon League. I am so pumped. And so here the episode starts, uh, number 265, Acclaim to the Flame. And we're here. It is the Silver Conference. Ash is all registered. This thing is go. And once he's got the paperwork out of the way, who should he run into? It's Gary. Hi, friend. I missed you. And Gary's being, like, totally nice. That does stuff to me. Like, look, he's a completely polite, affable, fun-loving human being. He, he actually seems happy to see Ash and the others. Like, the character arcs this kid is having when the camera is not on him. Well, Gary's already picked out his Pokemon for the first match, and he's been analyzing strategies as much as anyone can. He says this conference means a lot to him. And of course, it means a lot to Ash as well. So the rivalry comes back in. Ash is going to beat Gary. No, Gary is going to beat Ash and set him straight. 
so it ends a little bittersweet. The both boys act a bit overconfident and determined to put the other in their place. But anyway, that's over with. So Brock and Misty, uh, they and Ash, they all head on over to their rooms at the Athletes Village. Yes, the the Pokemon League is putting them up. You get registered on time and you get VIP treatment. Seriously, Poke Olympics knows how to throw an event. Uh, speaking of throwing events, the guys in charge of that, Mr. Goodshow, he's wandering the streets handing out balloons to kids and, and making sure everybody has a grand old time. I love this guy. He may or may not have the flame of Moltres on his person, or or maybe that's just when he's showrunning Kanto League. Um, but this is also our first random event, our first coin flip, the appearance of Mr. Goodshow. So here we go, heads or tails. It is a heads, Evan. The point is yours. Anyway, while the kids are chatting with Mr. Goodshow, at the same time, Team Rocket is working the conference. Um, but not in the same way. They got jobs as servers at a restaurant, and of course, with all the tourism this event attracts, it's busy. So they're rushing around and not really enjoying their jobs. Which is sad, because, you know, selling things and waiting tables like Jesse and James actually do seem to have a bit of talent for it. Um, but those jobs are tough and grinding, and Jesse has a temper, so this part-time job thing was never going to last long. But I feel you, Jesse. I'm also hitting that point where people stop calling me Miss and start using Ma'am. And the other day, some teenager described me as the older lady over there, so... I didn't think I'd be so sensitive about my age, but I am going into adulthood kicking and screaming, apparently. Well, between Jesse's offended ego and the team's general hunger, they give up on serving customers and just start eating all the food. And so the manager kicks them out. We cut back to the twerps to get more tour of the Pokemon League, uh, the biggest Pokemon center any of them has seen, um, really luxurious rooms, a view of the lake... Like, months upon months of sleeping on the ground, but once it's league season, being a Pokemon trainer pays. Um, now, the preliminaries and screenings are pretty different from the Indigo League. Say, no fishing Magikarp out of a pool, unfortunately. The athlete's screening is the first hurdle. One-on-one -on -one battles that reduce over 200 trainers down to 48. That, that's steep. And it's sort of a round-robin setup, like you fight three matches, so if you lose one, you're not necessarily eliminated. Um, Ash doesn't fully get it, but he's like, let's just win everything, and then we know we're gold. I can't lose so long as I keep winning. Ash's first match is with a kid named Salvador. He goes with Pikachu, um, the opponent goes with a Furret. And Salvador's Furret is kind of awesome. You wouldn't expect that to be the Pokemon of choice at a huge competition, but it is kicking Pikachu's trash. Um, Pikachu is being bombarded from all angles, and Ash eventually realizes that the only way to dodge is to stay with Furret. So he has Pikachu jump on Furret's back and just cling. And from there, close range, so close Pikachu's claws are digging in, Pikachu uses Thunderbolt. And the field explodes. Sand everywhere. Poor Salvador. He's like, that was a thunderbolt? <laughs> um, from there, it's not much for Pikachu to win the match. With or without Brock and Misty's backseat driving. I forgot that was back. 
That should have been a coin flip event or a drinking game. While Ash wins all his matches, uh, Syndical and Fampy uh, both take theirs, and he makes it through to the next rounds. Harrison did as well, and Gary, the gang's all here. But it won't be so easy. Mr. Goodshow explains the rules of the semifinals, um, which again, sort of a round robin rather than straight elimination. You fight a few battles and try to collect victory points. So you're not eliminated right off if you lose, but if you fail to get as many points as the others, you don't get to go on to the victory tournament. Johto has rules, man. Um, But Ash is like, this just makes me want to win all the more. Challenges? Hardship? It makes the victory all the sweeter. And then he turns to Pikachu. Wanna hear my plan? We win, and then we win, and then we win some more. (laughs) I love this kid so much. It is a good plan, Ash. Stick with it and you will not lose. (laughs) Well, Ash sounds super confident and enthused, but when night comes, he just can't get to sleep. And of course, his restlessness wakes up Pikachu, so they go for a walk. Pikachu's really sweet about that. Like, sometimes Pikachu can be super ornery and cranky. Like, you can kind of expect him to be like, oh my gosh, Ash, go back to bed. You're such a pain in the butt. But but here he's just like, oh, it's fine, Ash. I know you probably got a lot on your mind. It's okay. Like, <laughs> just like it warms my heart to see Gary being nice, it also, like, makes me feel really super fuzzy whenever I see Pikachu being, like, selfless and thoughtful. Because some days he's really not. But Ash and Pikachu walk. Ash gets a few things off his chest. And they come across Gary. And it looks like maybe he can't sleep either. So they all sit on a nice big rock overlooking the moon on the lake. This scene is so precious. It's awkward and adorable. And and Gary calls Ash buddy like my heart. But anyway, Gary comments that this full moon looks a lot like the one that was shining right after Gary left Pallet Town. And he asks Ash if he remembers, because they left on the same day. But Ash says no. He was, after all, a little preoccupied with nearly dying and Pikachu's life-threatening hospital stay and then blowing up the Viridian City Pokemon Center. So yeah, I bet he wasn't really noticing the moon for a couple days there. But Gary did, and he noticed Ash, like, that was the day you were acting all weird because you were late. Like, he basically outlines Ash's origin story while Ash and Pikachu stare, like, when did you get so interested in our lives? I didn't even know you were paying attention. Like, do you have a point with this? (laughs) Um, But Gary does, um, that Pikachu Ash met that day wouldn't listen to him, and that Pikachu only came into Ash's life because Ash was late, and now... It's Ash's best friend. And Gary says, what if you didn't come late that day? Or what if I wasn't watching the moon that night? We could have ended up in two completely different places doing completely different things tonight. Having completely different dreams. And there's so many more dreams we haven't even thought of. Gary, you little philosopher... And this moon-watching on the first day of his journey seems very important to Gary, specifically important. I am kind of desperate to know what he was thinking and what happened between him and, and Squirtle or whatever that holds such significance, like to the point that not stopping to watch the moon might have severely altered the course of his life. 
what was he thinking? What realizations did he come to? What did stopping to watch the moon change that wouldn't have happened? Otherwise, I need a fanfic about this. I don't have time to write it myself now, but it's going into my queue. And if anyone happens to write that fic in the meantime, send me a link, will you? Because I've said it a million times, Gary needed his own series on his Pokemon journey. And still does, I say. There was so much going on with that kid. His cheerleaders and the chauffeur, the existential ponderings and the identity crisis, getting beaten to a pulp by Mewtwo and, and possibly being one of the few people in the world who remembers that Mewtwo exists. Because Giovanni doesn't know. The bulk of Team Rocket forgot. And, and we're not even sure Ash remembers anything about New Island and all that. Mewtwo wiped the memories of everyone who came to New Island, everybody who was waiting at the harbor. But he didn't get the whole world because Giovanni still remembered. And by that logic, so do Gary and his cheerleaders. Gary probably still thinks about that weird Pokemon who totally shattered all his parameters at Viridian Gym. Like, this character has so much to work with, Gary. He needs his own spin-off series. Or let him travel with Ash around Alola. But most of all, I, I really want to see more of his experience through Kanto and Johto and Orange Islands. Like, it seems he had quite the little journey. As evidenced by... Ash's reaction here because he's not seen this side of Gary before like it's still a new thing to see him being nice <laughs> this whole philosophical side is weird for Ash and hearing Gary get personal and question things like Ash finally has to ask like Gary are you okay like why are you thinking about all this stuff and Gary says no reason he reverts back to self like I'm gonna beat you but it's friendly Neither of them are mean about it when they start up the rivalry banter, and, and the word friends is used, like, the two of them are okay. But still, like, don't let the moment pass by so quickly, Ash. This was a special little scene with Gary, and full of subtext, and wherever Gary's mind was, like, that's something only the actors will ever know. Um, but the next day, the opening ceremonies... Professor Oak and Tracy are watching it on TV um, at her house. So are Mom and Mr. Mime. Professor Elm has it on while he's finishing up some stuff. Um, the Torch Runner is on his way, so it's time for the trainers to head into the arena. This is where Brock and Misty say goodbye. Um, but they've got seats in the stands. And I love the dialogue in this episode um, between all the characters, but especially between Ash, Brock, and Misty. Like... It's so familiar and cute. Like, I'm sure we'll be able to find you, Ash. You don't need to flap. Like, I've praised Master Quest and, like, the very end of Johto because I think a lot of things really took a step up. Like, the writing got better, the characterization got better. And I think on the English dub side, like, the line producing, like, how they choose to interpret the translation and write out the script based on, you know, the translation that was given... I think it really got a lot better. Like, it's something I've criticized at certain other points in the anime where it feels like they're doing a direct translation. And I don't mean that to say, like, I want them to always, like, change all the lines around and everything. Like, you know, that you shouldn't stick to the original script as much as possible. But, like, there are a lot of animes, especially older ones. 
I could probably pull a few off my shelf as examples where the English dub, the English translation is perfectly line for line or as perfect as you can be, you know, considering they are very different languages and some things don't translate super well. But it's as boring as watching paint dry. Like it's an accurate translation. That's that's what they said and that's what it means, but there's no character to it. The line is flat. It doesn't capture the character's unique voice in its wording. Which as a writer, you know, one of the things you need to focus on is does every character have their own unique voice in written form? And that's also important as an actor. Like if the lines are not written with that character diversity, it's a lot harder to do your job and, you know, bring that characterization to it. But I feel like towards the end of Johto, like about here and definitely all through Advanced Generation was a time when on the Japanese side, again, Pokemon was just getting better. Like, you know, the writers were figuring out their groove. The budget was increasing and like quality was stepping up on all corners. And then on the English side too, I feel like all the actors were really getting into their characters and finding their stride. The writers and the directors and the producers were figuring out, you know, what Pokemon meant to them and getting more comfortable with the series and, you know, just churning out better work, which is not so terribly surprising. I mean, if you work on something every day for years upon years, eventually you will start to get better. But there's something about, like, when the series kind of got into this tail end of Master Quest, like, you know, the Jota Leak Silver Conference, moving into Advanced Generation, where I really felt that these were real people. Like, the characters suddenly took on more dimensions, and the relationships became real and tangible. And that's kind of amazing, especially, again, for an animated show where the actors may or may not always be able to record together, and based off of stuff that, you know, was being done in another country. Like, the fact that I believe so wholeheartedly in the relationships between Ash, Brock, Misty, and Gary is amazing. And the fact that Ash and Pikachu... Like, I believe that Ash is talking to Pikachu, not that Veronica Taylor is talking to a playback of Ikue Otani off in another country who is reacting to Rika Matsumoto at the time. Like, I guess I just, I guess what I'm saying is I just really admire all the work that people did to make this show the best it could be and as honest as it could be and to achieve this in storytelling, you know, despite the many different skills that had to come together and the unusual circumstances that sometimes come with doing a dub. So anyway, um, Ash walks in with all the other trainers queuing up, and two things happen. One, my heart gets all squiggly because Gary was looking around for him and then smiles when he finally sees Ash walk in. Um, and two, uh, since Gary's watching Ash, he sees two very strange people walk up to the kid. And they say a few quick words to him, and then Ash darts off. And Gary's like, why are you getting out of line now, dude? The thing's about to start. And it's a good thing that Gary got suspicious, because Ash totally didn't. The two people in uniforms, talking all very serious and official, um, said that he needed to apply for, like, a Pokemon footprint panel thing, and without it, he would have been disqualified. And Ash was too blindsided by the chance of, you know, maybe not being able to compete, that... You know, he ran right out of there into Team Rocket's trap. He ends up tied up and shoved in a storage room. Like, curse you, Team Rocket. 
Um, they steal Pikachu and leave Ash all locked up and hogtied, and meanwhile, the ceremony is still going on without him. Not that that's the most important part of the crisis, but it is what convinces Gary to break out of line, like, we are literally walking into the stadium right now, I had better go see what's holding the moron up. So he hears thudding on the door, Ash smashing himself against it, and he opens it. And great line, Gary, like, oh, there you are. What's up, Ash? Like, Ash is tied up, arms behind his back, on the floor of a storage closet, and your line is, oh, hey, what's up? Then again, this is Ash. It's not exactly abnormal. If Gary had a whole childhood with this kid, then this is not a crisis, it's just Tuesday. But anyway, Ash spits out, like, Team Rocket, and they got Pikachu, and Gary's like, I'm on it. He unties Ash, and the two of them barrel down the hallway, chasing Team Rocket. And this entire traveling circus goes down the hall and collides with the Torch Runner. The torch goes flying through the air, and so does Pikachu. Ash has one priority and one only, he saves Pikachu, so Gary manages to catch the torch, and in the chaos, um, both boys having their hands full, Team Rocket tries to split. Ash won't let them get away that easy, he has Pikachu use Thunderbolt and sends Team Rocket blasting off through the crowd. But we see the main difference between Ash and Gary. Ash is like, you won't get away, aha, we defeated the bad guys, and Gary is the one looking after the torch runner. <laughs> That's not really a slam against Ash, I mean, the real point is that Gary's become the hero who can be like, okay, Ash has that under control, I don't need to step up and be the hero, I can just check on this dude here, like, Ash is always a take charge, identify the big problem, rush in and attack it guy, and Gary used to be too, um, though primarily in a more self-serving way, now Gary can be a team player and look for the things that other people aren't doing and get that done. Like Ash grabs Pikachu, Gary grabs the torch. Ash apprehends the villains and Gary checks on the guy sprawled in the hallway. Like he's becoming a bit more like Ash in that he's concerned with helping people and not getting glory, unlike, say, that one Diglett Doug Trio episode where he was like, I'm Gary Oak and I have arrived to save you people. Like, I'm only here because you guys need a hero. <laughs> um, but back to the runner, he's in a really unfortunate situation. He trains and trains, gets chosen to be the final torchbearer to take the sacred flame into the main stadium at the Silver Conference. And he's having his moment only to crash into some random thieves, and now he's got a sprained ankle and he can barely stand. Life sucks for this guy. I'm sure he'll have other opportunities in his life, but man, that's bad luck. He can't run, he can barely handle walking, but the crowd is waiting for the torch. It's the symbol of the whole conference. And so Gary gets an idea. Ash should run the torch in. Like, this uh, runner is a very stand-up guy, like, very selfless. I would have been like, no, I am taking that torch in. I don't care if I have to crawl and you all have to wait three hours. This, this guy is, like, in the spirit of the conference. The true spirit of Pokemon. Like, you go, strange kid I never met. Take the torch. Light up the hopes and dreams over everybody. This symbol is bigger than my ego. I have done my part. Like, like it's just kind of cool that... Rather than delay, 
Or, you know, wait to see if a doctor confirmed that he could not walk and take in the torch. He just gives it to this kid, like, this ceremony isn't about me, it's about the fact that the torch gets lit, you know, you can go take it. Like I said, if I had worked so hard to have that moment in the spotlight, I don't think I could have done it. But so, much to the surprise of everyone, Ash Ketchum runs out with Pikachu carrying the sacred flame. Professor Oak's reaction is my favorite. He looks kind of like, oh my stars, who did Ash swindle to get that job? Gary uh, helps the runner into the arena so the guy can at least watch this momentous occurrence. And, And again, no jealousy on his face. He just looks happy that someone's running the torch in. And again, Gary, character growth. Because, you know, if this were Indigo League, he'd have run the torch in himself. And no one would have questioned it because did Ash have the torch in his hands? No, Gary caught it. Who's going to stop him? Like, Gary, I am so proud of you. And Ash lighting the sacred flame in a league conference. Like, I'm proud of you, too. You're, like, semi-respectable and people take you seriously and I can take you out in public now. Um, later on, I guess we got the runner to a doctor, and Ash and Gary can rejoin the other trainers in the crowd. Um, Gary goes to stand by Harrison because rivals gotta stick together. And Mr. Goodshow gives a speech to open the conference. Like, you know, trainers battle with honesty and integrity. So this is it. The conference begins. We've had our preliminaries. After this, things start getting tougher. We start seeing more battles and things. But I love the Pokemon League. I love, like, the ritual of it. But speaking of battles, we have our own League battle going on here. Evan and Logan, let's talk about your points. Now, remember, we had one random event, and Evan won the coin toss for that. Um, Mr. Goodshow showing up. Evan also drafted the Team Rocket motto, which did take place this episode. So that's a total of two points. And Logan chose well for this first episode. Thanks to the preliminary montage, Ash did have three on-screen battles, even if we only got to see parts of them. So that's three points right there. Ash and Salvador also shared a handshake. And then we also get two hero points, um, when Gary breaks Ash out of the closet and then they go fight Team Rocket. So Logan has six points, he's got a four-point lead... Enjoy them, because Evan's team is highly stacked in favor of Harrison, so once Harrison's team has more to do, I I have a feeling he'll start catching up. But we have many episodes of the League left. It's going to be full of ups and downs and point sharing, so uh, if you want to keep tuning in to this, you can visit us at pcappypodcast.blogspot.com, where we will have the current episodes up and... We'll slowly be rebuilding uh, the database of all the old episodes. You can also follow us on Facebook, which is where you can see the update of everybody's points. We're on Twitter, at Podcast. So if you want to tell me what your favorite non-spoilery part of Sun and Moon is, get on over there. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Zune, wherever you get your podcasts. But most of all, thank you for listening. Um, we'll talk to you next time. This has been Peak Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs>